Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. It's week two of our Countdown to Cove series of podcasts. Since this podcast began, we've covered everything from running form to finding the right shoes, nutrition to speed, 5k to marathon. But we've never focused on that shorter kind of middle distancey event of the 10 miler. Well, Sonia Sullivan's Cove 10 takes place on April 3rd in her beautiful hometown of Cove. And we are taking this opportunity to look at four key components of preparing for a big day event just like that. So today we're asking the question, how do you prepare for the hills in a race like Cove? And we're here the the kind of morning after the night before that Ireland have battered England at Twickenham. What a roller coaster of emotions that was, Sonia. You you saw that. You were, were actually where the lads stayed. I saw them having breakfast in here yesterday morning. <laughs> I, I actually was on Friday. I was walking past and um, I bumped into the kit man. It was funny. I was just walking through here and I saw signs and, you, you know, the, the Irish rugby IRFU stands out. And I kind of, oh, that's interesting. And then I see this fella marching down the hall with the tracksuit on. And I'm like, oh, right. Because this is my, my gym here at the Lensbury Club. Since way back in 1992, when the gym was just a small little room, <laughs> it was a very small, like someone's kitchen size. And it's grown, you know, in, in size and, you know, in membership since then. It's like, it's a massive big club now and it's, it's beautiful. And, you know, you do see it. You see a lot of rugby teams come through here. They got a lot of rugby and rugby and tennis history. The rooms here are named after, you know, great uh, Wimbledon players and the rugby teams and I've seen New Zealand here, South Africa Australia, a few of the women's rugby teams down through the years but um, yeah this weekend was the first time Ireland was here so I suppose it's a good omen isn't it when they're in a good place that they're going to go out there and have a good game so it was exciting watching it yesterday I think I aged 10 years watching that match, I don't know if it was the same for you Sonia but I definitely thought to myself and Mikey was on to this earlier, it was probably the first time that he had dialed into the drama of a sporting event, he lived and died every point at the match but he called it early that England would tank he said that they were playing at a thousand miles an hour and that they'd get tired did you have that in your head that these fellas would tank eventually uh, not really no I'm kind of a casual observer <laughs> like I was at a friend's house and I'm half watching it and you know when it's 15 all then you get interested you go oh, I better come in and sit down here <laughs> and pay attention but then I send a message to my dad uh, you know it's always interesting to send messages to people and just see you know their reaction and how they're reading into it and uh, I said are you watching the rugby he said oh yeah it's crazy and then he goes, ah, they're getting tired now. Though. So then you kind of, then you can relax then, you know, <laughs> you know, it's over the line. <laughs> so, yeah, I do want to talk about this uh, club that we're in here right now. Uh, I met up with Sonia today because, of course, she is here helping Jessica Hull prepare for the IAAF World Indoor Championships in Belgrade next Friday. So we've had the opportunity to meet up face to face for only the second time in the history of this podcast to record and go for a couple of runs. And Sonia said she'd take me out around Richmond Park today and show me the hills and chat through why these are so important and how to do it right. And on the way over, Sonia, I was trying to absorb as much hill information via podcasts and articles and wherever I could find it. And it seems to me the first piece of information that seems to be kind of widely agreed upon 
that you running hills as a runner shouldn't be a big deal. It should be just part of your running regime. Is that something you'd go along with? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you can easily escape the hills and, and particularly around here in Teddington, it's very flat, like it's very bicycle friendly for going to the shops and stuff because it's yeah. so flat. So you do have to make a point of going to Richmond Park every now and then to get a few hills in, uh, which is where we were today. And, you know, from the house here, it's a little bit further to run. It's an extra mile each way. So that's an extra two miles or three kilometres so the Lensbury Club is a perfect kind of halfway house where you can start off from here and it's probably a good 10 miles to run from here over the Teddington Lock through the houses and then around the Richmond Park and you know you could go lots of different variations and take in lots of different hills but we did a fairly basic standard loop today uh, you were asking about the hills and why why do people not like hills or why do they why is there such a negative thing about hills and and I just said, yeah, because they're hard. And, and I mean, hills are hard, no matter which way you look at it, you know. And so I think it's kind of how you approach the hill and how you go for it. And in Cove, they say, come on, it's a hill, get over it. Or, you know, embrace the hill and attack it. And you saw me, I did a bit of an attack at one point today, didn't I, for yeah, a laugh. And we have that, we have <laughs> that piece of audio here. I may as well play that for you guys now, because uh, this was... We were probably three quarters of the way through the run at this point. And uh, you said, now, this is the big one. This is the hill that once we're over this, we're kind of It was all downhill. It was great. Okay, so I'll play this for everybody to hear. I've just come up the top of the Richmond Park Hill. I'm now looking at Sonia in the distance because she got the ski poles out and dropped me like a... like it was 1996 and uh, oh my god what a hill but you can see Sonia's point about don't stop keep going here she comes trotting back not a bother on you you had the you, you had it in your head there uh, you said at one point bugger this hill and then you lit it up is there a conscious decision halfway up a hill like that to go you're not getting the best of me. Well, you just pick a spot that you think is the top and you just go for it. Yeah. And if there's people around and they look like they're all struggling, you say, bugger this. Yeah. I'm out of here. Oh, wow. You uh, see what I did there? You just keep running. Yeah. Over the top. You don't stop. You'll notice that I've gone quiet now. <laughs> What's it? What's really interesting there is, you know, you had, you had said to me, when we hit the, when we get to the top, do, don't stop. Like the mm-hmm. the the urges to go. Oh yeah, yeah I did it, Rocky. You know, Rocky yeah. out at the top Hands with the fists in the air. Fist in the air. Let, did it. the works. <laughs> uh, what is the the thinking there in terms of don't take the breather? even though your body's screaming for it when things plateau? Well, I think you just have to run through it. You know, you have to just get through it and you just push on. And then eventually your body will flush out all the lactic acid. Your breathing will return to normal. Mm. And then you just get going again. Yeah. And you feel fantastic yeah. because you've kind of gone over the edge, sort of. You've pushed yourself as hard as you can. Then you've got to recover from it. But you just have to keep your legs moving and you have to keep going forward because otherwise you've wasted all that effort right. you know, that you've put in. Then all of a sudden anyone who's around you is going to catch back up to you again and okay. pass you on. So we are going to talk about your favourite hill sessions because obviously when we talk about running hills, it's 
going to be different based on your experience level. You told me some horrifying stories of the hill sessions that you used to do back in the day. Uh, we'll get to those in the later part of the episode, because if you're new to running, as I was at the start of this journey, you started me out running 10 seconds up a, a simple hill near my house. And then you said it was really important to take the break back, coming back down the hill, walk, or trot back Fully down. recover. Fully recover. Yes, so that you can give it the same level of effort. Now, I do remember this period in our journey because my running improved immeasurably as a direct result of starting doing those hills. Can you explain to people why that would be and why this makes hills so essential? Well, I think when you run up hills and specifically when you do hill sessions, you engage muscles that you don't normally work properly like things like your hamstrings your quads your glutes mm, the city you, downy muscles yeah and even just getting up on your toes and moving your arms and you know everything is kind of focused on the effort it's putting in mm. and you're really going for it and so i would all like I, hill sessions you know you just really have to go after it and you i would always break a hill down into three pieces yeah so you have the start then you have the middle and then the finish. So you kind of, you start fast and you maintain the middle and then you have your finishing spot yeah. in the distance and then you go for that again. So you kind of pick it up again. So you're always, you're not just working hard physically, but you're mentally breaking it down into more manageable pieces. Yeah. And then you get to the top and if you're in a normal run, then you just keep on running. But if you're, you know, doing repeats, then obviously you stop and then you turn it's around and you rest. back down and get ready so, to do it again. So you touch on something there that like, obviously, the effect it has on your form of getting you up on the balls of your feet, when a lot of people are heel strikers, will be a really important thing because it takes them out of that, forces you to use the arms and be up straight with that forward lean to get into the hill rather than just be absorbed into it, hunched over, kind of, I'm, I'm doing the actions of a man who's kind of stuck rigidly over a desk. But, you know, it does consciously make you adjust your form to do this. But you mentioned the mental side of it, and I wanted to ask that question because this is something that didn't come up in the research. There must be something mentally that helps here because it's that focused attention to putting yourself in an uncomfortable state, surviving it, and then doing it again. And essentially that is a lot of running. Yeah, well, I suppose when you're doing the hill repeats, you just have to repeat things over and over again. And, you know, when you keep repeating things, then you get better at it. It gets harder, but then the next time you come along to do the same thing, you can manage it better and your body knows how to kind of re-engage and it's a little bit of muscle memory and I notice that a lot when I run around here and particularly Richmond Park, I don't run there very often now but I'd have lots of good memories of running over there yeah. and even things like when we were coming back today and I said to you, you know, once you're out the gate of the park and I know it's like 10 minutes back yeah, you can and it's, pro it's it probably up. more than 10 minutes now at this stage but you pick up the pace and you're getting close to the bridge and I'm kind of like legging along and you know you want to get past anyone who's strolling along before you enter the bridge because you don't want to get stuck you're behind them going over the bridge yeah, I think the words you used were was we're going to drop the hammer here as <laughs> we get over the bridge and I said there's no hammer in my toolbox <laughs> <Not yet. laughs> 
<laughs> I don't own a hammer. Um, we've so much more to talk about here because if you're going to go up the hill, you've got to go down the hill. And that is where an awful lot of the danger lies. But we do want to go around the parishes and hear about what you've been running this weekend. Uh, I've been keeping a close eye on this drava. And later on, Sonia has an embarrassing running story. Uh, so do I, actually. And if you want to submit your embarrassing running story, you yourself can walk away with the highly coveted Irishman running abroad singlet. The team singlet is here and it's produced by the brilliant Ronan Wogan from you will know from Run Results in Ireland. He makes the best singlets there are and I've got a couple of them still to give away to the embarrassing stories. We've had some great ones over the past few weeks and all you have to do is email us irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com. So before we get to the going down the hill and the other sides of hill running that are that well spoken of or certainly focused on let's go around the parishes with Sonia who have I got here I've got Alan King um, I better follow him now that I've uh, <laughs> picked him out here and uh, he's in Fingal in Ireland out there he's been running Castle Knock and near the into the Phoenix into the back of the Phoenix Park he did his longest run in three weeks uh, just about 10 miles there uh, 4.35 per kilometre that's pretty good going good man Alan um, you never know maybe he's getting ready for the Cove 10 mile but uh, well done Alan and as I was telling Jarlett today when you do these long runs it's amazing how much they just push you on and you get so much benefit from them yeah um, you know you just have to back it up again you know next, next week. week and the week after and not you don't the have next to, day you don't have to run any faster you just have to run them you know, you run or any longer, you run the same again, but you run it better. Yeah. And it better doesn't mean faster. It just means that you feel better doing it. More you could run the same pace, but you're kind of managing it much better and, you know, getting getting more benefit from it every time. Absolutely. I feel uh, that's what this next shout out goes to another Adam in Dublin who was ru- out running Phoenix Park with uh, Dublin Runners Club on Saturday his morning 16k and he describes it as the first 9k were okay the next 5k were very difficult and the last two kilometers were almost impossible but that's the way it should be Sonia isn't it that he should be taking himself to there so that as you say he comes back to the Phoenix Park the next week and this 16.1 that he ran at an average pace of 527 is just that little bit easier have you got some fella running in the Phoenix Park as well yeah, that's that's. <laughs> is that the same fella? Is it? I, I don't. I, it's not. It's a different Adam. I had Alan. Did I ah, have Alan. Yeah, you had Alan, right? Alan I, King. I, 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 mine was Adam Wilson. I wanted to give Aoife Cook a shout out. Who ran twenty on the other end of the spectrum? Let's say twenty-seven kilometers. She clocked in Cork at a pace of three fifty-three uh, kilo, uh, minutes per kilometer. Great to hear Aoife is training so well. Uh, is Aoife going to be going down to? Uh, do Cove? Do you have a couple uh, she's of elite not, athletes no, I've taking asked, part? I've tried to get Aoife. She'd be one of my, you know, favourites I'd like to have come to Cove. Yeah. But she has, um, I think she's running somewhere else at the time. Okay. Um, so she's not able to come. Um, I'm actually looking for a few girls. If there's any girls out there, anyone who can break 60 minutes, yeah. they might be in line with um, getting a win or a, even a record bonus. <laughs> Um, I have signed up Chris Thompson Hmm. um, from the UK. Very good. He's going to come and run. He's just been picked for the British team for the World Championships. Ran in the Olympics last year. And um, I believe he's coached by my coach, Alan Storey. He was anyway, the last I heard. 
and um, Mick Clausey is going to return as well. Oh, He's really? a, a winner of the Cove 10 Mile. And, uh, I think the two of them would be a, a nice couple of characters to have in Cove for the weekend. So yeah. really looking forward to that. Well, the half the thing is clearly with this Cove 10 thing that we're preparing for with this Countdown to Cove series is, is the crack of it, right? The, we had a, a message, I can't remember who sent it, wondering is there a shorter version that you can run? Is there like a half uh, of it or is there... Or is it just that if you want to run it at your own pace, do. There's no uh, there's no reason why you can't do the 10 and walk some of it. Yeah, I mean, you can you can walk as much or as yeah, little and as you like. That do that. And people do that. People, some people set out early, yeah. you know, just so that they're not people aren't waiting for them yeah, to yeah. get in. Um, there was a, one time we did have a four mile at the same time. And they, that was gas. I, I did that one time. It started like halfway down the hill out of Cove. It was brilliant. Fly down the hill and then all in on the flat. It was like the fastest four mile around. <laughs> um, but I, it was just takes away from the resources, you know, of just trying to make the Cove 10 a gotcha. really good event yeah. and putting all the efforts into that. So, um, I mean, it's a beautiful run around. It's a beautiful walk if anyone wants to do it. And, and you, I don't think if you could take a shortcut. It'd be hard now. <laughs> Get a, a little uh, e-scooter for some of it. Yeah, there's kind of a, yeah, there's not much of a shortcut you could take. I suppose you could, th- you could take one shortcut if you wanted, like when after the first mile and a half, instead of going to the right, you could actually turn left there. So that would be a good option for anyone walking. You know, I stumbled um, across a video on YouTube a while ago. I don't know if you heard about these guys that, uh, the amount of cheating that goes on in these marathons in Boston and New York and... There's people who are actual cheat hunters who go out and try and catch these people who are either trading their number, handing it to someone else. Now, you're not suggesting people do that, but this does go No, on. no. I mean, I think just for people who want to be a part of it, who want to support the charity. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it's a big ask to get people to walk 10 miles. Yeah. Um, but I think if you're going for a walk, you could very easily walk a portion of the course and just get a feel for it or, mm. you know, yeah, I think walking is probably okay. I mean, running, you can't be taking shortcuts if you're running. Like if you run, if you signed up with a number, you have to run the route. Yeah. <laughs> no shortcuts allowed. And I'd say you won't be allowed anyway. <laughs> There'd be people down there at the corner, the end of Bally William and the Tay Road, where you turn right, head off to Cuskinny and then up the first of the hills <laughs> <laughs> which I can't wait to introduce you to well, um, well yeah let's talk about that right because you sent me the profile of the, the race earlier this week and after my experience at the Fred Hughes race in St Albans people may remember I got caught out a little bit by not ha- surveying the course before and paying real attention to what was ahead of me that I ran way too fast for the first 10 kilometres of it and didn't realise these beasts of hills that were ahead of me. Now, you seem to think that the uh, the actual hill profile of this thing isn't, it isn't mammoth. But is that just Sonia Sullivan saying that? Do people find this course tough hill-wise? Some people probably would. And I think, I suppose the advantage I would have is that I've run and I've cycled over these roads many times. So a bit like the run we did today, I'm able to visualise what's yeah. coming up. I know what's coming. Like today, I knew when we got to the top of that hill that it was pretty much all downhill after that. And, yeah. you know, we were flying down that hill down to Kingston Gate. And then, you know, the next section down back to Hamgate, there's a few flash dead patches in there. But, yeah. you know, w- like we were talking the whole way. So, yeah. you know, I think you can you can kind of you the time passes by quickly when you're talking and mm. you know you're just out there 
enjoying the run and you're not really focused on the time or the pace or the distance that you're going. Um, yeah, so you can do that in a race as well. Um, I've been, the Hills and Cove, I mean, the second profile that I sent to you was much more even looking wasn't it yes. it was a bit more spread out the first one was very scary the first one was very condensed and it was like you were going up scale in Everest you know? it was yeah. so steep looking <laughs> but like I have a I mean from my youngest days of running this was my Wednesday kind of hilly afternoon run and so I know exactly what it's like to run from Cuskinny up to kind of the intersection of you know going to Ballymore or along the Valley Road um, I mean for me I probably have more problem with the road surface than the actual hills the valley road is friggin rough you know it's it's got that you know that knobbly country yeah. irish roads it's not smooth yeah where, where, um, where is the best place to run in that situation is it down the the center either the center or sometimes a lot of those roads they can be eaten away a bit at the sides and yeah. it's a bit smoother on the sides so you're better off just sticking into the edge and running along um, but maybe probably better to just latch on to somebody and uh, just get towed along. You know, that's one of the longer sections of the race. And then at the end of the Valley Road, you go back up the church, up the road, up the hill to the Ballymore Church. And then <laughs> short and sweet that hill is. I don't know what to think when you're saying this. I'll be honest with you. I think I probably do have nightmares about the Fred Hughes. And I, th- uh, But like we came on here today with the idea of recording an episode for for people who are concerned about races with hills in them. Because as you say, it's so easy to just avoid. I, I, won't, I won't do any races with hills. I won't do any hills in training because I want to enjoy my running. Or they have, as you say, they have some kind of hang up because often hills have been used as punishment in let's say, youth sport, or if you were into uh, British military fitness or a boot camp type training, they'll go, uh, all right, we're going to do hills today. And like my memory of that was just like vomit inducing because they would run the hill at top speed, right? And this is a whole nother session that we'll talk about in the second half of the show. They were run at top speed, you came back down and you did it until your whole body wanted to die like I hated it and probably have had a hang up about hills as a result is that part of some of the fear of these of these things yeah probably hills is a bit of a it is a bit of a punishment kind of thing but I always find when you do a run with hills in it the time goes by much quicker because there's so much more variety and then and you do get the downhill as well which is very enjoyable yeah like you feel like you're you get your energy back or you get your kind of the I suppose the the cost of you going up the hill gets returned it gets returned on the way back down yeah. and, and you can really enjoy that and you feel like you're flying then well why don't we dig into that now because in as much as going up the hill is hard uh, and going down the hill is easy the risk of you injuring yourself going up is way lower than going down. There's obviously gravity involved. There's you're placing twice, if not three times your body weight on your joints on the way down, especially if you're losing control of your form. Whereas on the way up, you're actually gathering your form. You're tra- it's actually more of a it's much more of a, a focused strength exercise. It's probably the most focused strength exercise any runner can do is going up the thing. But going down the way as you said, the temptation is 
I've spent all my money in terms of my uh, uh, juice that's in the bank. Now I'm going down the way. I'm going to ragdoll my way down this hill and allow the battery to refuel. But there's so much risk in that. Uh, well, I mean, there can be. <laughs> it depends how often. If you're only running down the hill once in an, in an event, it's fine. You know, it's a bit of a free fall and you just got to go for it. I think you have to let yourself go. Do you? Going down the hill. And like sometimes you, you put your arms out like you're flying, you know, and because then you're kind of relaxed. Whereas if you're trying to hold yourself back, you're tightening up. And yeah, so. But surely when you say that, and I'm only just playing devil's advocate here because, you know, some of what you are saying is is from your perspective as an elite athlete who knows who just instinctively knows how to run down a hill but there'll be newish runners listening who will do this lean back they think they've got to lean back away from it they you know they they slap their feet i've done it myself like i'm speaking from experience i'm, I'm really when i say newer runners i'm talking about me slapping my feet coming down the hill What's the best guidance, though, when you say let yourself go? Because you letting yourself go is a very different thing to someone listening to this who's not really done a 10 mile race before. Do they increase their, do they pick up their feet more? Do they increase their cadence? Do, what do you advise they do when heading back down? to avoid injury while still letting themselves go? Well, you don't, you don't use any energy. It's like, it's like in the car. You probably burn up a bit of fuel going up the hill, but you ever do this test to see how much, how can you go, how far can you go down the hill without pressing the accelerator? <laughs> you know, I do, and without losing speed, and and generally you gain speed. Yeah, you know you have to be careful. There's a sign, and it says there's speed cameras around. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, I think you just have to be light and let yourself be like a child, and you know, free fall down the hill. And I think I think that's the thing is when we get older we get a bit more fearful and you nearly think you're going to fall or trip over going down the hill and you'll see this in the Cove 10 there's a big steep downhill it's called Bird's Hill and it's actually not a very nice hill to run down because it's pretty steep it's like nearly off a cliff you know <laughs> it's after the five mile mark and um, you just have to you know accept it and just go for it and you know just kind of think oh, I'm not going to fall I'm just going to f- free fall down here and you know you just get down there as quick as you can without so you're not actually running you're just allowing yourself to f- fall down and to go with the gravity Wow that's a hard thing I guess to uh, even internalise that you aren't going to fall because people do I mean if you're running trails in particular <laughs> people do fall uh, but and I know you're thinking Every time I say this, he keeps coming back with another option of this. But I think that that fear can over only be overcome. Just as in we say people have fear of going up these hills, it's practice, isn't it? You get good at this yeah. through making it a part of your weekly routine. Mm-hmm. And as we said at the start, it not being a big occasion, I'm running up a hill this week. It just should be part of your easy runs. And I suppose that is the thing is that we do focus on running up a hill and practice in running up hills and then you generally tiptoe down the hill. So we don't practice running down hills. So maybe we need to do a little bit of that too. Yeah. If you were running the Boston Marathon now, you would definitely want to practice running downhill because that's an experience in itself because the first half of the Boston Marathon is pretty much gradually downhill and you feel fantastic and you fly along. But it really gets your quads. Yeah. So then when the second half you have to run uphill. 
you get to the point and you can't run anymore because your quads have just taken such a hammering from running down the hill yeah. that they're sore and bruised. And it's something that, you know, people talk about this and you kind of think, what are they talking about? But only when you actually go and experience it, you understand and you think, oh, yeah, this is real. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's practice. It's practice. Uh, I, I do what I just remind people that uh, the race that we've been talking about that we're advising all our listeners to go down to, even if it is just to cheer people on, is the what's the exact title? Give me the exact title. It's the Cove I, 10. I think it's called the Sonia O'Sullivan Cove 10. Cove 10, Mile. formerly the Great yeah. Island Right. Uh, yeah, it still is on the Great Island yeah. and uh, <laughs> it's not a quite a complete lap of the island, but it takes in a fair portion of it. Yeah, and it's a it's a real fixture in the Irish running calendar. And I know a whole load of you are heading down there. And as was suggested by that commenter who doesn't feel, you know, totally able for it just yet. Well, we really do recommend that you come down and help raise funds for breakthrough cancer research. And the further development of Ballymore Cove Athletic Club's juvenile facility and Ireland's future athletes. Uh, we will be gathering. We will have a meeting point for listeners uh, after the race. Uh, what's the name of the pub that we're going to meet at? Um, I think we're going to the donkey in the evening afterwards. The evening. Generally, we go to the community centre straight after at 12 for the prize giving. Now, uh, depending on the weather, there may be some prize giving going on in the promenade okay. um, if it's nice weather because... You know, we like to do things more outside these days than yeah, God, gathering everybody inside. Nice so we're really all praying for sunshine because yeah. you really need that because, you know, April 3rd, it's still, you know, early days of spring. So it can be a bit cool. So you need a bit of sunshine yeah. to, to warm the place up. I have been in Cove for the 10 mile on like glorious sunny days. So that's all my memories are sunny and beautiful. That's <laughs> so, the hope. Uh, yeah, you know, and you just hope for that every time. Well, look, in the second half of our discussion over on patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad, we're going to get into what the sessions look like. If you are looking to improve your hill running and your hill uh, alighting from your from your hills, there's obviously uh, an awful lot of talk about hill repeats at the moment. And when we had uh, people that have been to Kenya on the show, they've talked about exactly how passionate they are about running hills. As Sonia said, Cove made running hills just an essential component. There was no way to get around Cove without hills. But what sessions can you hunt out and make part of your daily and weekly running plan? Uh, Before we go, though, Sonia, obviously, uh, Jessica Hull, who made a brief appearance on last week's episode, is getting ready for Belgrade. Uh, when will you be heading over there? Uh, Jessica is going on Tuesday. And then um, we also have another Australian athlete in the house now, Matthew Ramson. He's going to run the 1500 metres. And so he's that's been great, you know, to new blood in the house, mm. <laughs> new energy. Um, so they've been doing a few runs together. I think he's going on Wednesday. And Nick is coming as well on Monday, tomorrow. He's he's like the team leader for Australia. Brilliant. Um, so he'll be here for a couple of days. And then I'm actually going to go on Thursday because I like to have everybody gone. You know, there's nothing I can do those first few days when they're over there. And then I kind of tidy up the house and make sure everything is in order and uh, follow everybody over. <laughs> and so I'll be there Thursday. I'm going to go early in the morning on Thursday and um, be there Thursday and get a check out of the track Thursday yeah. afternoon and get the bearings of where everything is 
And then, yeah, things get going on Friday in yeah. Belgrade. So really looking forward to that. Well, and well, it should we, be exciting. We can't wait to hear uh, about that. And as I say, in the second half of the show, we'll look at the sessions. But we also, a story emerged on this run uh, that we just did around here, <laughs> Richmond Park, where Sonia got a letter from the police about her behaviour. <laughs> On her run, she did. Uh, it is. It involves a child. It involves a pea shooter. <laughs> <laughs> it involves Sonia taking no prisoners, <laughs> even when it's a child in the way. You'll have to come over to patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad to hear the rest of it. Uh, but until then, thank you, Sonia, for this uh, half of the show. No problem. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress.